All right. Some of you play 20 questions. This time it might be 10 questions. With <laughs> the one and only Ty99, Drew Remenda here. Uh, first off, I just want to say uh, it just came out, just dropped maybe hour, hour and a half ago. I don't know if you've seen this. The Sioux Greyhounds have just announced they're retiring Jumbo's number. Is that right? Yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't already been done for crying out loud. Hey, now. Oh, good. Well, is is that next in the NSAP, sir? Uh, I, I, you might want to jot down some dates on your calendar, but I think so. <laughs> you know, and earlier this summer, Seattle Thunderbirds announced they're retiring Marlowe. So, I mean, you've shared some great Marlowe and Jumbo stories with us. I mean, how great is it to see those guys get their due? It's deserved. And, and I've, I've said this about both guys, is that as great a hockey players that they were and are, as far as human beings go, you couldn't ask for better guys. You really couldn't. Patty being a good Saskatchewan boy, and, you know, his stories about his brother and sister working on the farm so he could go play hockey was uh, great. Joe Thornton, when Joe Thornton came in to the Sharks, the one thing that was always, like from, from day one, really top of his mind that you were part of this. No matter what position you held in the club, no matter how long you've been with the club, no matter where you were in the pecking order of, of the hierarchy to broadcasters at the bottom, you were part of it. You were part of the team. One guy didn't go, you know, one thing the guys talked about last year when Patty was around, it was just, wasn't one or two guys going out for dinner. You know, it was, we're all going, let's go, boys. Joe did that. You know, Joe did that with the Sharks and, and, and it mattered to the guys. So, you know, I, I'm obviously very fond of both of them. I think that I love them and respect them both. I love the fact, though, AJ, that they're part of the organizations now. You yep. know, Joe. I don't know what Joe's official capacity is, but he's there every day for crying out loud. Yep. And Patty is now officially part of it. And that matters. To me, that matters. I, I mean, for the fans, it's a connection to our great days of the past. For the players, it's a connection to great, great players. And culture. I mean, yeah, culture. Like I don't know how to. I don't know how to create a culture. I don't. I. I don't know what you know. I don't know what it is. I, I've asked coaches that, and the best answer I got was from a friend of mine who said, "The culture is, is when the players take responsibility for doing the right things on and off the ice, day after day after day, where it's about them." And nobody else It's not about everything else or not about the coaches or the management. It is about the players taking responsibility day after day after day in their preparation, in their play, in their practice, in their eating habits, in their sleep habits, everything. It's the players taking responsibility and being responsible for each other. So I thought that was the best answer I've ever heard when it came to culture. And Joe and Patty will assist in that. In my opinion, anyway. Hey, other thing, other thing too, before I forget. Um, I don't know if you saw the great Bob Murdoch passed away. Um, oh, yeah. Associate coach of the San Jose Sharks first year, first two years. Mud was, you know, being a 29-year-old, know-it-all, naive as can be from Hockey Canada, thinking, I got this. <laughs> and I didn't, not even close. I couldn't have gone through that with 
two better people than George Kingston and Bob Murdoch. Or Bob Murdoch, two-time Stanley Cup winner, Jack Adams Award winner. Mud was so great. I mean, one of the one of the best Mud stories I can give you. And and Bob and George took care of me. Okay, I don't know if you you believe this or not, but I was a little mouthy sometimes back then. You? Uh, yeah, I know. I know it's a surprising, but you know it's you know as you get older you realize that you may have been a little chatty. Um, and I wasn't afraid to uh, talk about a player to management, um, not understanding relationships at that time. So remember Yarmo Willis, number oh. one goalie, our goalie Yarmo. Okay. Yarmo. Oh, Armo, um, oh yeah. Yeah. So Yarmo was one of our goalies. So we had hack Jeff Hackett. We had Brian Hayward. Brian got hurt early in the season. We had Yarmo Millis. Artie, I think, played that first year as well. And I think that was it, but I may have been wrong. But anyway, um, Jack Ferrar is our general manager. I don't think Jack will mind me telling the story. I hope he doesn't anyway. It, um, Yarmo had gone through a bit of a struggle, and we lost 10-2 to two in Pittsburgh one night. Um, he let in 10 in the first two periods. And Jack was sitting beside me. I was well, sorry, I'm sitting beside Jack in the press box. And Jack is not happy, okay? And I am, and Yarmo was hot mess in that game, just <laughs> awful. And the last goal, the tenth goal, I think Bob Airy got it. He he flips it in from the the blue line, and Yarmo goes to grab it, and it hits off his glove and his elbow and his shoulder and his ass, and it it goes in. And Yarmo smashes the stick over the net, and Jack is now furious at me, but he's just furious at anybody. So. We go to we go to practice the next day in St. Louis, and um, Yarmo at the end of every practice would put his gloves and on the net and his mask, go grab a drink, and then go back in the net at the end of practice for some more shots. Well, as soon as he does that, Doug Wilson skates over, grabs the gloves, and puts goes in the net, and guys start flipping pucks out of me, and he's knocking in the net, he's spinning around and putting them in. Jack is furious at this; he's <laughs> not happy. In fact, he left the rink, if I remember correctly. A little showmanship. Yeah. We come back, and I don't, I don't remember how many games it was, but we're playing, and I think it was Los Angeles. We played pretty well, but we lost the game in a close game. Um, but we played pretty good. And um, Jack is in talking to George and Bob, and I'm, I'm in there in the coach's room as well, and I'm going back and forth over the video, back because that's how you did it back then. And I'm shaking my head, like, geez, and I'm swearing away. And Jack goes, what are, you, what are you looking at? I said, the last goal. I said, you know, I'm bleeping, I'm swearing and swearing and swearing. I said, he's got to have this. He's got to have this. Is an, this is the NHL. He's got to have this. I mean, how does he not have this goal, right? I said, the National Hockey League, Jack. And Jack goes, oh, and then he just explodes. Just like, you know, Mr. Mr. Hockey Canada, first year in the league, you know what the National Hockey League do. And he just tears a strip off me, like just tears into me. I'm shocked because I'm dead right. I'm friggin' right here. It's a, it's a bad goal. Right? <laughs> but I'm shocked. That I don't know how like, he just tears into me. Then he storms out of the office. And I look at George and Bob and I went, what? Like, how would, how, what did I do wrong there? Bob said this, some of the wisest words I ever heard. He goes, Drew, you just you just had a baby, right? You and Michelle just had a baby. They went, 
yeah, so? It's, and it's our, our daughter, Jordan, um, she was born the same time the sharks were, were born. And um, he goes, and she's beautiful. I said, yeah, thanks. What's your point? He went, let me ask you, what would you, what would you say? What would you do if, some, if somebody called your baby ugly? Yeah. And I went, well, I, I get mad. I get upset. I get pissed off because she's gorgeous. And he leans in and goes, you just called Jack's baby ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, okay, I get it. I get oh. it. So that's, that was Bobby. Bobby was always, he was so great. So unfortunately, he passed away. Um, he had, he had tough last few years, he had dementia and, and Parkinson's, but, um, love that man to death and shark fans way back in the cow palace days would remember my, one of the, one of the good ones. So to my, that's, uh, that's a great story. Isn't that good? You just called his baby ugly. Oh my Lord. <laughs> well, let, let's get to the man of the hour. Okay. Of course. Um, Eric Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard of him. Well, you know. It's, it's, it's interesting when, when you look at that, the guy had a hundred point year and nobody's done it since 1992, 93 and only six guys have done it in history from that position. Oh, Leach last time, right? Yeah. Brian Leach, 92, 93. Yep. And, um, but Eric's career path is different from where the sharks are. Of course. Right. So his career path is different. And so are the sharks. So even with a hundred points last year, the sharks weren't, even close to a playoff spot. So how can you maximize Eric's value? He wanted to win. And the, the great thing about Mike and Eric is that they were very open with each other. Mike Europe being that being, and, and there was no animosity. And the Sharks wanted to do what was best for Eric. But at the same time, as Mike Greer said, often we're not giving them away. Yeah. And the rumors out there were Sharks are going to keep 50%, 40%, 30%. There's no freaking way they were doing that. Not, not for like, four no, years. Not for no four years. No way. And and you know, I said that on the on the radio show I do here in Saskatchewan. And I said, I'm telling you right now, nobody calls me and says, Hey Drew, what do you think? But I'll tell you right now, I know that they're not going to keep that much. I said, if I said I'm guessing two million would be their max to one. Yeah, I thought three point five. Did you? Okay. A lot yeah. of guys did too. But that would so then to get um, Pittsburgh, because Kyle was really aggressive, and, and there's an article today in Sportsnet up here that Kyle Dubas, that is from Pittsburgh, was was after Carlson when he was in Toronto. He yeah. wanted, but with what you didn't have, you had jelly brains and, and shoestrings. Where as far as your cap space goes, you had nothing. But uh, Kyle was very aggressive. Mike was very patient, and they did a deal. A deal that I think works out well for both teams. Now I'd love to see, I can't wait to see that power play with Latang, Crosby, Malkin and Carlson on. That should be fun to watch. Probably but, Okay. okay yeah. But so you make a great point and there, there's been articles and various media that talk about is Latang Carlson going to be Burns Carlson 2.0. Different players, then, different personalities, different Latang's got a very different personality from <laughs> different fact, players and personalities. Yeah. But it depends on deployment, right? Right. Um, but Latang was one of the guys that called Eric, from my understanding. So it was Crosby. Latang wants to win. I'm not saying Burns, he doesn't, but they go about it different ways. 
Latang's shared the spotlight before. He shares the spotlight with, a couple, with Crosby and like pretty big players. Malkin. Yeah, with some premium players. So that I think they'll be able to work that out. I think Mike Sullivan will be able to, to work that out. Does that make them a contender for the Stanley Cup? I don't know. They didn't remember they didn't make the playoffs last year. And it's funny it, you bring that up because Vegas, the odds makers, had the Penguins 28 to 1 to win the cup prior to the trade. It hasn't changed since the trade. Yeah. They didn't make the playoffs last year. I think this probably puts them into a position to make the playoffs because they didn't miss it by much. But boy, that East they is going to be tough. There, there's 12 teams in the East that all think they're making it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I still think it gives them, when you get the, the most talented player in the, in the trade, you've done a good job in that trade. For the Sharks, it, I think it bridges the gap a little bit more so that they, this, time from when they're where they are now to being a playoff team to being a, a contender again is shortened i i like jan ruda right hand shooting defenseman two stanley cups i i like mike hoffman he always scores i think that's a little funny that mike hoffman's coming our side so i think that's kind of a little bit worth a chuckle yeah, but, but the whole thing is wherever mike hoffman goes he takes the team to the playoffs it seems like yeah he scores and he yeah. scores goals yeah and then and then Granlin. I don't know about Granlin. I, I mean, I, I, I can't say I'm that knowledgeable about him. I just know he couldn't find his footing in Pittsburgh. And so, but again, I think it improves the club. I think the club as it stands right now with the addition of Dubois and um, with um, uh, Smith, I, I think that they've done, they've done a good job. You know, I think that, that Mike has, has, has made the team better. So um, I think they're better now than they, where they were um, last year at this point. So I'm hoping it bridges the gap and makes it makes a little bit smaller bridge to cross over from going from where they are now to a contender. Well, I mean, you know, we're a year into the Greer era. Yeah. Aside from Couture and Hurdle, there's no long-term deals really left on the books. So there's lots of flexibility. You know, Vlasic's, you know, Vlasic's only here for another three years on his deal. And that's really the only bone of contention that some fans have is that, well, okay, that contract could have been a little bit less but a lot of times when they say that, they forget about that five-year window where they were getting Vlasic for a song. Yeah. So and you listen, you, you can't look at you can't look at Mark's game last year, last season, and have that many complaints. Yeah, like he oh, changed. I, he, yeah, he, he bounced did. back. Big time. So you you bring up that word flexibility. And that's a great, great word for the Sharks right now. They have flexibility now because let's say, let's say that you know, you now at at the trade deadline have options. If, if you're not in a position to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you have some options if teams are looking for certain guys and you've got that. But the flexibility is important for, for Mike and the Sharks. And I think he did a very good job. I mean, the patience he had, because I know, you know, everybody was all over him. But Kyle was aggressive. As Mike, you were on the conference call with Mike. And, and Kyle was aggressive. And Mike was patient. And it worked out, I think, for both teams. Well, the other thing I think should be mentioned is back when Doug Wilson traded for Eric Carlson, there were a few suitors involved. Yes. Whereas today, or I should say a couple days ago, hey, D'Angelo signed with Carolina, Dunn in yeah. Seattle. Uh, you know, there was some chatter in Toronto, but I mean, look at their cap. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to make that work? So it was kind of like, the market bared what it did. There weren't the same amount of teams that were banging on the door for Eric Carlson's services. Yeah. So 
to see that you, you know, got out from that contract, which was kind of a weight for the Sharks. Sure. Still, of course was. Yeah, still get back that first round pick mm-hmm. despite it being protected. Oh, yeah, but, that's right. Yeah, first rounders so, too. Yeah, so I'm just kind of, so I guess the question here is, I mean, it's been a year for Mike Greer. What have you liked so far regarding his choices? And is there maybe a choice that you sit there and go, you know, in the moment, I'm not sure about that, but let's wait two or three years. Um, For his choices. I mean, because it, it, like, the Burns sorry, deal, the Meyer what deal. I, what, I like about, what I like about Mike is that he, he's, he's definitely come in with a plan. He's definitely saying, listen, there's not, there wasn't much on the development side and we don't have much here. We're going to try to bring some bona fide NHLers in. We're going to keep the guys on the development side developing. We're going to bring more players into that and guys are going to get called up when they deserve it. And the, the guys that Mike got um, to come in, you could have had like Nico Sturm, Stephen Lawrence. I'm, I'm sorry to see Stephen go, but I love that kid. Yeah. What a great kid. Um, Mikey Acemont was a good one. I mean, all the guys that Luke Cunning, every guy, buddy that, that came in, they were positive influences and positive on the ice. I was um, really bummed to see AC Mont go, to be honest. Yeah, me too. But it was a good move. You know, yeah. as you had to, I, I, I was too. I really like Mikey. Um, the other aspect is um, Craig Button from TSN, who knows every young player out there. He said, Makamadoulin is the next guy ready to play in the NHL. He really liked, he really liked that move by, by, um, by my career. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with, with the fact that they, they traded Timo, but I, I got it. It yeah. was like an inheritance tax. They took mm-hmm. over the team and they had, they inherited, it was inheritance tax that they had to pay. That's okay. Right. But they got, I was, gonna, I was just going to ask, did it also feel like another case of the Sharks doing right by a player Yes, that they know, you know, it wasn't going to work for them in the plan that they have. So we're going to, we're going to treat you right and get you to where you want and need to be. That's what I like about the Sharks. They, 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 they they take the player into consideration and, and, you know, that's the other thing about Eric. Let's remember Eric had a choice and you know, he, he did, he could have said, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go here. I'm not going to. And they did right by him. I, I, I do like that about Mike Gribb. Mike Gribb is a former player who gets that, you know. So the thing about I do like about Mike to reiterate is the fact he's come in with a plan and that plan has been put in motion and he's steadfast to it. The other aspect I like about Mike is what he showed with Eric Carlson. He's patient. He knows this is going to take some time. He is. He understands it. He gets it. He's not here and then here and then here and here he is very calm and he understands it tom holy assistant general manager the same way the scouting staff is the same way his advisors are the same way they know that it's it's in motion yeah everybody would like it to happen tomorrow but it's not good they're very realistic i also like you know you're going to color yourself shocked when i tell you this i really like the coaching staff you know i know i'm a big on coaches you know i love i love I'm, i'm a big fan of coaches obviously but I like the coaching staff he picked because he understands that they are going to develop with the team. So I dig that. Well, um, and I mean, Warsawski just that to me, there was a lot of people that were looking at him 
as the yeah. head coach. Yeah. So to have that as kind of a, a an ace in your back pocket feels like a, a really good play. I like I like I, I think there is I think I might have told you this already that I believe there are three coaches in the world. There's head coaches, there's head coaches in waiting and assistant coaches. Wasowski's a head coach in waiting. Um the other coaches, I believe, are really good assistant coaches. You know, I, I, I like I like that coaching staff. Would, would you call Bugner a great assistant coach, but maybe not a great head coach? I thought he did a good job coaching. I know people are going to think you're crazy, but I thought he did a good job coaching. He was, come on, man. He was with up what, With the hand he was dealt, I was very much a proponent for Bugner. Very, very impressed. And, and you know, but. Here's the thing. Neither of us are in the room, right? I mean, you know, I can, I can look at it from afar. You can look at it from afar. Guys that know hockey and go, I think he's doing a good job here. I think he's doing a good job there. I always look when you're on a bad team and you're coaching a bad team. Did they keep playing for me? Yep. And did I felt like playing? they did with Bugner. I agree. I agree. So I think Bobby, I think Bobby, if he gets a good team, would be, a, would be a good coach or is a good coach. Yeah. So that, that brings me to the question. I mean, the Sharks lost their two top scorers from the last season, Myron Carlson. What do you think the approach is for Quinn coming into the camp in this season? Well, to state like, the obvious, he's going to have to spread out the scoring. I think they've got to be they've got to be a team that if you're not working on your power play every stinking day, <laughs> then you're not doing it right. And if you are not working on your your late game D zone coverage and D zone philosophy and defensive posturing every day, you're not doing it right. They lost 32 games with a lead last year. Is that right? It, it, you're very close. If you're not on the money, you're right. You're yeah. right there. Situate. Yeah, Danny Rizanowski would know it like that. But yeah, of course, yeah, situational hockey. Understand the mental side of the situational hockey. And the other aspect is, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen to this to this degree, but the Vegas Golden Knights show that you need a bunch of relentless sons of guns on your team. One thing, and this is one thing I liked about the team last year, is their attitude. Their attitude was great. But they could have more, as David Quinn says, F you in their game. And I right? felt like they had a little bit more of that comeback F you Bugner's yeah. last season. Mm-hmm. I think, and David talked about it with the guys all the time. They need more of that. A bunch of relentless SOBs who will not quit and keep playing, keep pushing. Wait a minute. This is a podcast. Yeah, no, they need more fuck you in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Turn, I'm, I'm getting old. I'm a grandfather now. I can't be swearing all the time in public. No, it's only when you're on the air. This is a podcast. Rosie, it's fine. <laughs> Rosie will be mad at Papa for doing that. <laughs> well, the other thing that I think is going to be kind of interesting to see how this all plays out over the next season or two, I'm not, you know, it's it's not destination reclamation. Right. But there are some guys you want to see uh, have some bounce back seasons, uh, particularly the ones that have a year left on their deals. Yeah. So who, who are you keyed in to make the most of their contract year among this FA group when you're talking about a 27-year-old LeBanc, 27-year-old Duclair, 26-year-old yes. Lindblom? Yes. And you're yes. going to have guys from the CUDA, whether it's Smith or Bordalo or Eklund, pushing for spots. And with more NHL players than positions right now, how are the Sharks going to handle this? Well, I want to see those guys push for spots first of all. You don't give them anything. You can't give them anything. Mike talked about that on the, on the conference call with us. 
They got to go earn it. They got to beat a guy out of the spot. All the guys you mentioned, yes, I want to see Kevin LeBanc get get that nasty in his game. I want to see Tomas Hurdle. Yes. Tomas Hurdle needs a bounce back here. Yeah, he had decent amount of points, but he needs to be better. He needs to be better at his body language. He needs to be better at his leadership. He needs to be better as far as every single game. He needs to get that FU in his game. He needs to get nasty. He needs to be one of those relentless SOPs. You know, he, it's, why can't he be, why can't he be Mark Stone? Yes. Yes. Why not? And, it, and it's funny you bring that up because I remember there was a game towards the end of the season, this past season where Hurdle and Evander Kane kind of came yeah. together a little bit. And yeah. I thought Hurdle was like, I mean, it's, it's been a very frustrating season yeah. with the team. I was like, Oh my God, he might Hurdle might try to lay out Kane here at this moment. And I'm not going to say he's, he turtled by any stretch, but yeah. I was expecting Hurdle to just like exercise some demons in that moment. And yeah. he just kind of let it go. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe he, sh he should have released the hounds in that moment. Yeah. yeah. David Quinn said there's probably no nicer person in the National Hockey League off the ice than Tomas Hurdle. But also yeah. that creeps over to on the ice. He's a wonderful young man. He cares deeply. Um, I'm a big body language guy, though, and, and you know, body language drives me nuts because that's the one thing you can control in a very chaotic game. I'd like to see him get a handle on that. But I also want to see him not be so nice. Yeah, I, I want to see him be, like you said, release the hounds every once in a while. Because he's a big dude. He's a strong dude. He's He's got to get in different shape. And he talked about that. So David Quinn, the game is all about, it's not about big and hulking any, anymore. It's about, you got to be quick. And Tomas is a good skater. So he can retrain himself. Red Hedda can talk about it all the time. You can retrain yourself even at, what, at whatever age. Now, a guy like me is not going to get that much faster. But a guy like Tomas Hurdle will get faster. Right. Well, and if the Sharks actually just shared, I guess Hurdle has filmed some of his workouts mm -hmm. where he's at in check. And he's there's a lot of weight training going on in there. Right. Yeah. And it's explosive training. Boom. Yes. Boom. Because that's what you you don't need. You don't need to be fast for 45 feet. You need to be fast for three steps. It's very so kind think, of MMA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Think quick, not fast. I'm going to gain separation. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to gain separation. Even in MMA, I'm trying to gain separation, either inside close or outside, or you know, getting out of the pocket or getting to the side. Bang, bang, then I'm moving. Bang, bang, then I'm moving. That's why boxing and MMA are so different. You know, because boxers move better. They get they 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 play their angles better. MMA guys coming straight at you, except the good ones, the great ones. The great ones can move. But you know, if you watch. If you watch great, great boxers, Mary, Mayweather was one of those guys who just stood there and just was beautiful. And uh, one of my favorite fighters, Vasily Lomachenko, his movement is great, but he did like 15 years of Ukrainian dancing. You now that was, I mean, the, the guy could, the guy could move. So it's about separating yourself from your opponent. I need, I need Tomas to have your first three, four steps. Boom. Again, think quick, not fast. So uh, those are those are guys I'm looking at. Oh, uh, and yeah, and sorry, goalies. Well, of course, yeah. It's it it does make you wonder between Blackwood, Kakinen, uh, and uh, Makaniemi, like who is going to hold the net at the end of this coming season? Will will there be some some sort of move? I, it would just hey, Stalock just signed a deal with Anaheim, I know. I and, and I couldn't be more happier for the guy. You know, 
They couldn't, you know, Tommy Grace retires and Alex is still fighting. That's so great to see. Because yeah. again, you couldn't ask for a better person. But yeah. with, oh um, my God. I, I was talking to an NHL goalie coach the other day and he, I, we were talking about Blackwood and he likes him. He said, you know, he just got into some injury trouble in New Jersey, then fell behind. He said, I still think he's, he's 25. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he said, he's got good potential. He said, I, he said, I think you guys made a good move with that one. So not going with Oh, um, the, it's no secret. Eric Carlson, bit of a polarizing figure among Sharks fans. A uh, bit of love-hate there. They loved his <laughs> offense, hated his defense. Mm-hmm. That said, the Penguins come to the tank for the sixth home game of the season on the first Saturday yeah. in November. Uh, look, I don't expect the heroes welcome that Marlowe and Jumbo and Pavelski yeah. got, but do you think there might be a, a couple of jeers among the cheers when he does come back? Because no, he, he does get so. some false blame yeah. among some fans that aren't, let's just say, aware educated yeah. they they blame him that they look at it that oh well before carlson the sharks were going to the playoffs every year and then carlson got here and they missed four straight you know what i mean yeah that, that he also kind fed, of vibe he also fed kevin lebank that uh that pass against in, against vegas so you know wasn't well, lebank was great? no good row good row i mean yeah he fed it, fed it to good row on that you know so um i don't think so i think shark fans have always been really generous with their praise and hey, hey they welcomed you back no kidding like four times <laughs> like what is going on there? <laughs> i know I, again that's why my summer's been so good because i get to come back again. <laughs> um so the uh <laughs> funny, somebody, <laughs> my boss at the radio station said to me because he's, he's just he goes you're uh conspicuously happy this summer and i went yeah i know and you he got goes, a job to go back to, right? Well, he said, he said, what is it, granddaughter or the sharks? And I went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, I think the fans will be, I think the fans will be very appreciative of them. I think, I mean, the 100 point season was, was amazing last year. And it was something that was historical for the sharks, historical for the league. I think they'll welcome them back nicely. They, they're always pretty good that way. And you look at the limited time that Eric Carlson was with the Sharks, yet fourth on the list in points. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's that's something, you know, behind Burns, Vlasic, and um, oh, who am Danny I missing? Boyle. Boyle. Yeah. So how, do, how the hell did I miss Boyle? Yeah. Offensively <laughs> gifted, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, how do you think it goes for EK65 in Pittsburgh? I mean, do you, do you think he plays out the full four years in a Penguins jersey? 34 now. 38 he is in phenomenal condition if his injuries if his injuries stay away and they don't attack him like they did when when he was with san jose um that's hard to say right i think he does though i think he does because this i mean let's be honest this is a kick in the can the final kick in the can for crosby and dry exactly well it's also a final it's a final for him too yeah this is this is this is his shot to win and i don't know if, if they can I, I don't look at them as a team right now as a team that's really a serious contender for this for the Stanley Cup. There are better teams in the East and certainly in the West. Yeah. But um, I would never count out Sid and um, and Malkin and Eric and Latang. I mean, they're, they've got some talent. Can those guys carry them far enough? I don't think so because we've seen in the last number of years it takes everybody 
It can't just be four or five guys. Well, and a lot of people have dragged the Penguins over the last year or two that they just aren't responsible in their own end. And let's be honest, Carlson, not really his forte. No. Some so, say he couldn't check his hats, but that's, you know what? That's, you know, it was, uh, I think it was Ken Hitchcock who talked to, I was asking him about a uh, Russian kid they drafted when he was in Columbus. I can't remember his name now. It didn't turn out very well, but really talented offensively. And, oh, I know, I know who you're you know, talking Scott, about. Yeah, I want to say Shapovalov, but that's the tennis nope. player for Canada. Um, driving me crazy. You know which guy I'm talking about? Yeah, I just can't yeah. remember his name. Either can I, but so, <laughs> what's uh, the but, opposite of Kaprizov? <laughs> so Ken Ken said, "I said, how do you how do you deal with a guy like that?" And he goes, "Well, you know what? I, when it first started with him, every time he turned over entering the blue line, I I lose my mind. It, zone entry turnover, they go the other way and lose my mind. But then I started watching the video, and and you know back then you're doing statistics. It wasn't analytics back then, but he said. He said, so let's say for every 10 entries into the zone, he turns four over. The other six are brilliant. Do I kick his ass about the four? Or do I focus on the six brilliant ones and say, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. And he and for Ken Hitchcock, Ken, Ken was a you know certain type of guy, right? As far as yeah. as far as type of coach he is. And he said, so want to concentrate in the good with every player there's good and bad with every good player there's give and take you got to understand when to get after him when not to. eric's eric that's i mean what are you going to do to him he's making 11.75 million dollars for four more years what are you going to do mike yeah well there's, there's some guys that no matter what the sport is i mean it doesn't even have to be a sport it could be a computer programmer or whatever it's the boss has to be aware of some guys need the yeah. carrot, some guys need the stick. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. And some guys respond when they see the carrot and they get the praise. And the other ones, sometimes they need that that kick in the ass. Yeah. But you know what? It gets them to respond. I should probably turn on the light here, right? Eh? Just for, just for <laughs> Is it already going dark up there? There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saskatoon, it's Greenway North. There we go. Oh boy. <laughs> big beam off my head. Well, big show, big surprise. Anyway, there we go. I know I look better in the dark, but. Oh, come on. Okay. Uh, with that, I, I, I totally hate to do you, do this to you because I so respect your time. No, you don't. But no. I absolutely do. That's why I waited <laughs> this long to ask you to do this. Okay. <laughs> Last time I saw you, you were hucking pizzas at uh, season ticket holders. With, yeah. I, I had the best, <laughs> I had the best booth. Without a doubt. Right? Give people free pizza, they're going to come say, see you. Yeah, yeah. No, it was fantastic. All right. So, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, and um, maybe this hits a little close to home. <laughs> it may or may not. Are you familiar with the name Kevin Brown or the Baltimore Orioles organization? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Kevin Brown, but you want to, you tell it and then I'll, then I'll respond. Well, so the, the debacle is Kevin Brown play-by-play -play guy for the Baltimore Orioles is evidently suspended. Uh, reportedly, the funny thing is, of course, is the uh, organization will never, 
neither confirm or deny, but yeah, they won't talk about the employee status. Right. Yeah. But uh, the, from the latest thing that I saw is that he's supposed to return to air August 11th right. after being off for a couple of weeks because he spoke the words that were on a graphic. Like and he literally talked about stats that showed the Baltimore Orioles have not done well at Tropicana or whatever the ballpark yeah. in Tampa is for now. Yes. But they, Tropicana, they, yeah. Yeah, they've not performed well at this particular venue for the previous three years. And evidently ownership had a problem with that fact. And I will tell you watching that made me lose my mind for a multitude of reasons. Of course, the first thing that popped into my head was your quote, how can I, you know, be honest with any credibility yeah. with my praise if I can't critique them honestly? Yeah. But the other thing that, that just stuck with me is didn't the sharks like go two for 22 in their first 24 uh, events yeah. at, at Buffalo don't the New York Rangers have a really hard time winning games at SAP center? Like these yeah. are just facts like, and just, and the fact that there were graphics put up, it's not like he pulled these out of his ass and said, <laughs> how can I do my best today to try to lose my job? Right. So the thing, what, and he, what he was doing was because Baltimore is up at the top, how they were, how they're playing, which is un, un, unexpected, but it, but it, they're happy in Baltimore. He was talking about how tough it's been for the Orioles at Tropicana, but this year they've won three of five. That's that's more wins this year than the last two seasons combined. This is so this is what's saying, known as positive news. Exactly. So he was saying, look, we weren't very good here. It's a very historically tough place, not only for the Orioles to win, but a lot of teams to win because Tampa's been really, really good in, in Tropicana. And so this is what we did before, but this year, look at us. And here we are back at Trop and the guys are feeling confident and the Orioles are playing good and things are going well. Forget it. What are you doing? You can't talk about, you're not supposed to talk about the past because baseball never, ever talks about the past. Baseball never, ever uses statistics. Baseball never, ever, ever goes, hey, what about that time, you know, on Wednesday when, when it was a that left moon? Exactly. With a full moon and left-handed starters and right-handed relievers uh, were 14 and two in those situations. No, you never do that. You know, it's ridiculous. And, but it's, it's funny because, you know, the, 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 I, I've told you my discussions with, with certain owners. I, I will say this. One of the, one of the great things about coming back to San Jose in, in this present form, one, yeah, I was humiliated when I left because I didn't want to go anywhere else. And I loved, as you know, how much I love San Jose and the Sharks fans and the team itself and the people that work in that organization. So I was, I was, I don't know if I get, I'd be clinically depressed, but I was depressed. Devastated. I, I, yeah. Devastated. I was, I was hurt by it. Um, and then thank goodness for Jonathan Becker and Scott Emmer. And when I got back, when I came back, I walked into Jonathan and I asked him, I said, what do you want from me? And he looked at me like I had three heads and went, <laughs> what? So what do you want from me? And he went, I want you to broadcast Sharks games. 
like you always do. Because Jonathan was a fan before he was the president of the yes. club. And he said, like, I don't want you to, to sell yourself out. I don't want you to do nothing but rainbows and happiness and Skittles falling from the sky. I said, that's not what our team is. You tell me, you, you honestly broadcast. And he said, just do what you do. You know the relief that you feel as a broadcaster when you hear that the, the shoulders went from oh, here to down here exactly he's like wow man that was and scott emirates the same way i asked scott the same question and he went just do, do drew yeah, yeah he said, do drew. But don't do it don't do drew like you did in 2014 maybe you know be the new drew <laughs> um so and but it's also you know there's also lessons i mean there's also lessons to learn i, I mean i was asked when, when we were going through this about me coming back what happened? And I said, well, what are you talking about? I was, I was Drew friggin' Remenda. I was, <laughs> I was Mr. Emmy Award winning tie 99. Todd McClellan's my best friend. I'm watching every day game with them. I know exactly what's going on. I, I can tell you all the insides and outs of this, how the team's supposed to play and the player's secrets. I'm friggin' Drew Remenda. My head was like, <laughs> This big, I know? knew Nabby was gonna score. I knew the that was on his stick. Oh, I've told you that story, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, stepped all yeah. over his coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy's still, <laughs> still to this day, but but my head was out to here, like I was an egomaniacal, egomaniacal a hole. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't very nice. And it takes it takes some humility to because my thing was this this is, and, and this is, and I think I told you this my thing was this I'm right. I'm right. But it's the same story with Jack Ferrar and Bob. Just because you're right doesn't mean you can call somebody's baby ugly. And I yeah. was calling a lot of babies ugly. But you when know, you got a player on the ice saying, you know, look at Drew. He says yeah. it's in. <laughs> and Mick, the great Mick Magoo. Who the is Drew? <laughs> but so he's always so right. He's, yeah, I'm standing up there going like this. <laughs> God, I was, I, like, things I did, I just, you shake your head. I'm 61 now, so the things I did, I look back and I go, oh, my goodness. And so I try to, t I try to tell everybody there's a new Drew. And, I, like, I'm, I'm nicer in traffic now. Um, <laughs> Use your I, signals. I, oh, yeah, I do, yeah, but I, I don't scream at people when I do this. I don't do this behind them all the time. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more considerate. I, I, uh, I try to, I'm, I think, I've tried to turn over a new leaf of the new Drew. But every once in a while, it <laughs> creeps in. Creeps the old in. truth creeps in. And listening to the story about Kevin Brown and watching it and seeing an awful announcing, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why are you doing this? This this guy was actually praising you. But that's, and I don't understand, I don't understand the, when an owner thinks like, uh, was it D'Angelo? Not D'Angelo, Angelo is his last name, right? Mr. Angelo is the, yes. the owner for, for Baltimore. When, he, when you think like that, or your people who are in charge think like that, what are you afraid of? And you and I have talked about this before. Fans aren't stupid. Yes. They're following the team because they love the team. But the majority, the vast majority, like the 99.9% .9 of the people watching the team that they love, the team that they root for, they want to hear the truth because they know the truth. They're not dumb, especially when it comes to hockey. Yeah, hockey especially. Is, yes. Hockey, you have to understand the game. You have to be invested. You can't 
you can't walk away from hockey, a hockey game for 10 minutes and come back and go, oh, yeah, I got it. I understand what's going on. You have to be invested and you have to understand the game and the players. You have to know what they bring because it's a chaotic game. And fans don't want to be insulted. That's why that's why I said, that, you know, if 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 I can't critique them honestly, how can I praise them with any credibility? And, and our owner at that time um, reminded me that I wasn't a journalist. <laughs> yeah, of course. And it, because if you, you want to be a journalist, right. you can fly You're, coach. Exactly. You fly coach, <laughs> you fly commercial, you stay in motels, you uh you take taxis, you um yeah, you so but you've got the guy from the Orioles mandating that they have to that they can't mention certain past players' yeah, names. Past players. Like why? Like you, why, why? you you are mandated to like wear garb that yeah, has, you have to wear the you have to wear the that's why the radio guy got suspended, apparently. For, the, for them earlier this year when Kevin Brown filled in for radio is because he wasn't wearing the, the Orioles garb. Hey, if the Sharks, well, Sharks want to throw me garb, Sharks want to throw me swag, I'm Aaron. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But I mean, uh, the, the last time I saw Randy Hahn wear something with the Sharks logo was like, I don't know, 95, and it was a denim T-shirt. Remember those? Do you remember those? <laughs> of course. You know, he's up there with uh, Stemkowski, and they're Stem, wearing the... They did the polo shirts, too. Remember yeah, they did of course. And yeah. Stemmer, there's that one clip of Stemmer, who was a big man. And when you stood beside yeah. Stemmer, you could feel the heat, you know, <laughs> radiating off of him and radiating off of him. And he's standing there in that gray polo shirt and he's soaked. <laughs> he's just soaked. And, I, and I'm thinking, that's when I was coaching and we're watching it going, oh, man, let Stemmer go change, shower off or something. But yeah, <sighs> but the whole the whole thing is, is that talking about people from the past that your fans who have followed your team longer than you've been owner of this team is not a bad thing. It's well, and, and Machado, this is, but, but like Machado is that that's not a player that at least from the, you know, the, the fans that I've known yeah, that like, they don't hate him. Like they understood Ooh. what happened. Like, yes. Tell me, tell me a shark that I don't know, somewhere between 91 and 2005 that was like there were there was a good contingent well hell the first 20 years a sharks player that there was a contingent of fans that were just like eh, that fucking guy like like if he was brought up who Eddie Belfort. okay all right i'll give you that that <laughs> one i will give you because you know because in my mind i'm thinking of pronger <laughs> but pronger yeah. wasn't a shark but yeah belfort yeah bell yes yes but Belfour yeah. definitely one out of course. all of those guys, even yeah. those first year guys, those first year guys were, they were loved. And the fans, fans remember how they feel yeah. about guys. You remember it's what, what fandom is all about is how I feel. Like I cheer for, I cheer for guys. There's, there's, there's guys on, there's guys on Vegas. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say this. There's guys on Vegas. I've known like Chandler Stevenson. I've known him since he was 14 years old. I've known his mom since high school. I, well, and I hate to, I hate to admit it. There's a couple yeah. players on that team. Like you're saying, it's just kind of like, yeah. they're just good guys. They play on a team yeah. that you fucking hate. Yeah. But God damn it. You hate Aiden, to root Hill's for those a, guys. Aiden Hill's an outstanding young man. Great right? dude. You know, Braden McNabb's from Sask was from Davidson, Saskatchewan, but from Saskatoon. I saw Braden the other day, as a matter of fact, just bought a new house here. I'm just a great guy. He just had a baby. It's been, you know, fantastic. He was he he did the Stanley Cup thing 
last week oh. <laughs> in Saskatoon, <laughs> and then um, drove out to Davidson, which is um, like less than an hour from Saskatoon. That's where he's from. Nobody from Davidson, I don't think, has ever won a Stanley Cup before. They had a big parade for him. The best thing was, <laughs> freaking guy, he puts it, puts the Stanley Cup in his truck. Of course, he, I said, I looked at him and went, dude, truck, really? You're in Vegas. And he went, hey, take the boy out of Saskatchewan. Can't take Saskatchewan out of the boy. Well, yeah, hey, his lovely wife, they just had a baby uh, during the playoffs. She gets into the truck, into the back seat. The Stanley Cup goes in the front seat, clicks it in. He gets in, pieces out, on, on his way to Davidson. So the, you, you, you cheer for people. And yeah. Shark fans and any fans of any team cheer for people. And the and the, the broadcaster, if you're doing it right, and I've said this before, and I'll say it until I'm, I'm gone on my last day, is that the Shark fans have been really lucky with the broadcasters they have, excluding me. I'm talking about Randy and Danny, Mr. Hall of Fame. By the way, when you see him call him Mr. Hall of Fame, he yes. hates it, which, which is great. Because I call him that now all the time, and he just tells me to shut up. Um, <laughs> so I have to do it. So And, and Brett Hedekin's great. Jimmy Baker was great. Even Stammer and Stevie Conroy and Tony Granado, those guys, they were they're great people. And, and they they – they cared about the team, but they also cared about how they delivered the message about the team. They wanted to be honest, but they also wanted to show you that they're they're advocates. They're they're also cheering for the team. You can do that, but you just because you're honest doesn't mean you're negative. Exactly. See, you know? and that's my whole thing. It's just, just the fact. Oh, we can't say a, a a previous player's name. It's like I don't know that there's ever been a time where you or Ruzi or Randy or Brett or anybody that's familiar with the history has had a problem with uttering the names Belfour or Brian nope. Campbell. Like if, nope. it, yeah, okay, you know, it's like yeah, if what it is, and you sit there and and say, you know, Sharks fans have had it pretty good with the broadcast crew. And aside from Brody, I completely agree with you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> lost, Curtis, I, lost Curtis this year. Yeah, but good for him. Yeah, good fantastic. for him working on that program. Exactly. Who, who do you think right. comes in? You think that's Scotty? Is that Hanner? I would think so. He's so good. I've actually offered to do both jobs, but they uh, they said well, I wasn't that good. They said I wasn't that good at just the one job, never mind doing two. So well, was... Doing two? I mean <laughs> – Come on, what they need you to walk around with a broom up your ass to sweep while yeah. you walk? I mean, come exactly. on, exactly. <laughs> That's what I knew. It. So, but we, um, the 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 thing is, is that for 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 Curtis, it's great, it's fantastic. I think Hannah, because I love Hannah. I think Hannah's fantastic. Don't tell him I said so, but he, he's <laughs> he's really good. But I think with with overall with the Sharks broadcasters, is that they all get it. You know, the one thing is, and this goes to Sean Madison, our producer too, and we want to do a good show. And we want to do a show that's honest. And the the bosses, they want that too. They 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 are not in our way. They have not told us what to say. They have not told us how to act. They 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 just want us to do a good show. And I think we do. You know, I think more telestrator and more featuring things like me would be would make it a really Absolutely. good show. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Where I do you, I, now where do you feel more comfortable? Do you feel more comfortable when Randy's up in the you know front row of two fifteen, and you're down behind yeah. the glass. Or do you prefer to be next to Randy? I, be, I prefer upstairs because that's because I can see everything. Yeah, I, I was I, gonna say yeah, that's the yeah. thing. But then again, though, behind the glass, obviously you're gonna you know you might hear well, some some things that's being what, said. 
See, that's what I think. Like when, when I watch guys who are inside the glass or beside the benches or anything else, and they're not talking about what's going on on the benches, and what the hell are you down there for? Yeah. Now I've had people say to me, "You talk way too much about what's going on on the benches." That's um, literally why you're down there. <laughs> that's what I would think. Of, that's why I'm down there. Um, David Quinn every once in a while, so Sean Madison, my producer, because I always take you know headphones. I always take one ear off. Okay. And now he's 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 got me this year. He's just got me the one ear headphone headset, so I can every once in a while I'd be like, you know, I'm watching I'm watching Quinny and the coaching staff and anything else. And every once in a while, David Coon would just turn and look at me and go, <laughs> "What?" I was watching. I, was just, I I think you should relay that stuff because there's some neat stuff that goes on. Nikki Benina was great down there. You know, the guys, the Mark Edward Vlasic. Mark Edward Vlasic would always in warm up. Watch for it this year. So. When I'm when I'm doing the, um, you know, we do that back and forth upstairs. You know, the, yeah. Mark Edward Vlasic is always sticking a stick on my ribs, or he's giving me a slap here, or he's just he does the water thing. Um, always giving me a little shot, Jeff. Like always, the whole time. I like doing that part. I like being down there because you get to get that vibe from the guys. That stuff's fun. Oh, it's signs and, of love. I mean, yeah. Brent Burns used to cup check Brody on a regular. You know, he used to do that to me all the time. Oh no. So remember what when, a fucking surprise. Yeah. So <laughs> when I go downstairs and do the interviews, um, when I was still on radio, but I run downstairs and do the interviews between the periods. Okay. Owen without fail would cup check me all the time. There's, there's one, there's one in uh, Montreal where he didn't cup check me. He hits me. Like he walks by, I'm talking to Ronnie Stern and he drills me into the, into the, into the wall. And Ronnie goes, you okay? And I say, that's the best hit he's thrown all, all, oh. all period. <laughs> Owen turns and looks at me and goes, call me Peanut all the time. He looked at me and go, Peanut, what'd you just say? Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. But then again, I'm interviewing Ronnie Stern. He scores the goal against St. Louis in game seven. Okay, first goal. Okay. And I see, I actually saw it, you know, before the game. I said, Ronnie, you're going in. Okay, great job. Good. He goes, Interview me between the periods. Say hi to my family. I said, if you score a goal, you can do it yourself, right? Oh. So he scores that first goal. I'm down there. Owen walks by me while I'm asking the first question, and he hits me full on. And you see me go, oh, <laughs> Ronnie's starting to laugh. It's game seven, and he's nailing me in you know, the crotch. But that's, that's just – it's the fun stuff about doing what I do. It's, it's, it's so great that way. I mean – you know, Connor McDavid never cup checked me. You know, thankfully, I guess that's a good <laughs> thing. But it it was like that's the great thing about being back with this team. The other thing is though, when it becomes a broadcaster, when when you are down inside the glass, you should talk about what's going on inside the glass. And for me, upstairs, I see the, everybody does. You see the game better. You see everybody moving, and it's slower because damn, yeah. the game is fast now, man. Yeah. The game is so quick, and it's you know it's cool because. You're right there. I have a great rate. Believe it or not, I have a great relationship with the referees down there. Um, uh, they are. There's some of them are really, really funny. I got to give them credit. They're uh, really funny. I'm telling you, the, the amount of money that the NHL could generate if the players, oh, if, if they had mics on the ice and they sold the uh, the uncensored version exactly. of hockey, oh, yeah. my Lord, it would yeah. sell like gangbusters and you, you would you, you, you yeah uh, well you you talk about um 
<laughs> those hits and and some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes uh for well for what i have two things first off how much with that divider between yourself and the other yeah. bench do you still hear a good amount of chatter yeah. from the opposing team yeah oh yeah. they're still going and, I, and i'm always and i'm always looking like i'm always because you guys the the guy that was funny was james reimer because james you know was very he's a really he's, a he's christian so buttoned down yeah, yeah. he is right christian button down guy but he did it this way okay so somebody would do something stupid somebody would do something you know uh against the sharks egregious against the sharks and and james would go doing a good job out there but you're 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 so tough great job way to go that was he was always just like really sarcastic about it. <laughs> and finally, I looked at him. And I said, "You don't really trash talk people." He goes, "Yes, I am." I'm like, "Well, I guess in your way you are." But he would, he would, he would tell guys they were doing a great job. And it was First and really, row to the pearly yeah, gates. Exactly. He was so <laughs> sarcastic about it. Mark well, Everett, like the guys are funny. I mean, Mario Classic seems like he has he's really a funny. whip of yeah. a tongue. Mm-hmm. He has a. If I wasn't it, was it Vlasic? When they had that run to the uh, the stadium series, I swear to God, I thought Vlasic was involved in so, like something happened in a corner, yeah. some sort of tight hit or whatever. And you heard like Vlasic, you know, take this hit, and you hear this, you know, hey, easy fuck face, and, <laughs> and they skate on. And then the guy who took the hit asks a different shark, "Did he just call me yeah. fuck face?" And, and the guy <laughs> and the guy goes, uh, "He calls everybody that." <laughs> and then yeah, that's that's the nhl's got to get on that man it's got to be like like the nfl behind the scenes man oh i would let, let hard knocks you know oh that type of a yeah. that oh yeah. hbo do it throw it up there did you see did you see uh uh wilson today and or the other day on the hard knocks he's got he's got the short sleeve he's got the short sleeves and he's got the the like it right up here what, he's showing guns? off the guns sends out guns out and sal is talking to aaron and he goes, he's, look at his, look at his sleeves up. He looks fantastic. He looks great there. He said, did you, did you do that for him? And he goes, no, I told him to bring it down. Then, then he throws a pass and he goes, hey, bring those, pull your sleeves down. And uh, Wilson says, turns and looks and goes, well, the other guy that I'm, the guy that I'm behind, he doesn't have anything. He's, he's got skinny arms. He doesn't have anything. So I thought I'd show something off. So Robert <laughs> Sally goes, no, I'll leave it. Man. That's the kind of stuff that you've got to have with the NHL. Oh, you want to keep it. The, the platforms are changing, as we know. Like, look, look at what we're doing now. So bring it up on a, on a YouTube platform or something like that. That's what I'm saying. And and and, and the honesty aspect of it. Uh, yeah. But you, and, and you talked about some of the behind the scenes thing. I'll tell you the. But I mean, you were there the whole Marlowe thing at Tech CU that was so much fun. And I will so tell good. you the uh, the dressing room at, uh, you know, when when the boys were getting ready for it and, it, you know, they're they're doing some hits with the media or whatever. And that media circus yeah. is 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 three inches away from the door to the dressing room. Yeah. And at first, you know, guys are visiting, they're chirping, they're having a good time. And then all of a sudden, you know, that you you feel it kind of fall over the okay, we we have to start like getting ready and the, all right, let, yeah. you know, let's go out there and have a good time. But you, you know, a couple of guys are gonna take it maybe, maybe more seriously than they should, <laughs> but hey, I'm playing, goddammit. But you had Thornton near the door. Yeah. And he, th- this is a man who is not afraid to show skin. No. And he <laughs> is starting to peel off clothing, and then you hear him, you know, hear him kind of bark out, you know, uh, hey boys. 
What do you say we uh, close that door before I give the media a thrill? You know, make them a little envious. <laughs> and you hear the, those chirps. The most comfortable naked guy I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I'm do, do you ever watch the, have you ever seen the show uh, Letter Kenny or Shorzy? Letter Kenny, Letter, Letter Kenny, I have, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, some of those chirps. Um, just... Jimmy, Playfair's, Jimmy Playfair, you know, Jim Playfair, the player and coach, you know, player yeah, coach. yeah. yeah. His his son is is the, the the blonde kid in Letter Kenny. No, Wayne. Yes, yes. The main character, Shorzy. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. my lord! The, the hockey player and young kid. Yeah, yeah. Supremely yeah. talented. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it's that's hockey. I mean, that's what that's what it is. Oh, so. we we use it on the podcast quite rather. To be foul. <laughs> yeah, no, we use that a lot. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so much. Uh, fun talking to you as always. Uh, Thanks, but I, I did get one question from your buddy Puck guy. Okay, yeah. Wants to know what's happening with the Rough Riders, bud. <laughs> All I friggin' talk about every day on the radio is. I, I so uh, let's go back. So they're four and four. They're four and four. They're five hundred team. I mean, they're they're not going to be much better than five hundred, but they'll be in the playoffs. Last year they didn't make the playoffs. They were they were awful. So. Last year, when the when the CFL was getting going again, okay, yeah. after COVID and everything else, on the radio show they were talking about rule. We were talking about rule changes. What should happen? So I, <laughs> I get asked, and I went, um, "You see what the NFL is doing? Do that <laughs> because it seems to work really good for them." Yeah, they, and they, so, a lot of eyeballs. A lot of yeah, eyeballs. There's, like, like I said, the brand is doing pretty well. And we were talking about, I said, go to four downs, which everybody in Canada snaps when you say that. So we had gone to a commercial break and Jamie, my, Jamie and I, my partner goes, you know, you're more American than you are Canadian. And I went, I know. And he, he, I, I, I love America. I really do. I'm not just saying that. I love America. And Jamie goes, like, it drives the fans crazy. So first caller up, Ramanda. You're more American than you are Canadian. Why don't you move back to San Jose? And I went, I am. I'm, I'm going actually in about a month and a half now. So you go, yeah, what's your point? Because, well, that was it. So went, okay, thanks, thanks buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Puck guy, they're they're four and four. Uh, they beat the Ottawa Red Blacks, um, but they're uh, they're not going to go much farther than just first round of the playoffs. Uh, it's, it still just goes down to probably my all time favorite story of. Ramanda, you're <laughs> the worst. <laughs> that another one. Uh, had, thanks for I, watching. Oh, you're one, yeah, yeah. Don Whitman <laughs> loved it when I said it. we had another one though in Edmonton, um, and the fans hated me in Edmonton, as you know. So <laughs> Kevin Quinn and I, who I love, Kevin Quinn. I've been so lucky in my life. I got to work with Danny Rizanowski, Randy Hahn, Kevin Quinn, Don Whitman. I worked with great broadcasters. I'm so lucky. Bob Cole. But Kevin Quinn was great. If it wasn't for Kevin Quinn and Gene Principe, I would have. I don't know what I would have done in there. Does Does Brody Brazil drag the, the curve down in that? He evens things out. Just he evens it out. Yeah. Okay. So, I would say that Brody would look at me like I looked at you know at Kevin Quinn and Randy and Danny and uh, I think he kind of idols. Uh, you know, kinda, I'm kind of like an idol to him. Well, I mean, I mean, he probably has that iron on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> he should. It's a Rowenta <laughs> bronze. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, Kevin and I used to walk home because we didn't live very far from where we lived downtown in Edmonton and we didn't, 
live very far from each other. He'd go one way and I'd go the other after a couple of blocks. But we always walked by that bar that was across the street. So as we're walking across, we walk by that bar. One guy, guy sees me and comes right at me, goes, Remenda, you make me want to hurt myself listening to you. I went, oh, don't let me stop you. Huh. And then <laughs> even his buddy went, he got you there, man. Yeah. He, yeah. he got you there. He's like really drunk. A solid we're, chirp. We're, we're walking along. We're walking along, and, and another guy comes up and goes, "Hey, you're Kevin Quinn. Kevin's just great." He goes, "Yeah." And then he looks at me and goes, "Remenda." <laughs> <laughs> Kevin looks at me and goes, "Twice on one walk." I said, "I know. We only go three blocks." We're crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, you've walked what two and a half foot what, from the beer garden at Whole Foods every. Every rink in the National Hockey League from our hotel. Oh, you I have walked. walked to, I've walked to them. That was my last two were were Ottawa and Carolina. Now Carolina was was tough, but my producer on Sportsnet showed me the back way because if you're walking in Carolina, you're either walking through the woods of Carolina and your Bruno Mollies or you're walking on the highway, right? But he showed <laughs> me a way to get there. Now it was about uh about six and a half miles, but I, I walked it. What'd that take you? Um, uh, it took me about uh, hour and twenty. I was gonna say I, was, I, I I walked at a pretty good pace, and then in in Ottawa, um, it's another six miles. Um, but there's a back way, and it was it Ottawa? Usually, you're not there on a nice day. Nice day, right? Yeah. It was a nice day, so I'm walk. I walked there, and John Shannon, who worked at Sportsnet, yeah, the great John Shannon. I walk into the rink, and he goes did I see you walking? And I went, I don't know. Did you? He goes, yeah. I said, and you didn't beat the horn or stop and ask me if I needed a ride. You're just like, screw you, Remenda. He went, yeah, basically, basically yeah. that's what I was doing. But those are my last two. But now the Islanders in Brooklyn. Oh, sorry, where they are now. Yeah, Brooklyn, right? That's what, no, not in Brooklyn. I, I did the Brooklyn one. No, in where they are now in, in, in Belmont. Yeah. Okay? But it's out on so, the aisle, right? That's that's it's 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 like ten miles from the hotel, and it's. Oh, um, I mean, this is uh, some traffic. Hold on, let me let me uh, pull up the the schedule here for this season, and I see that you guys in, in are December. It's in December. At, yeah, uh, at Boston on the thirtieth, but then yeah, yeah, at New Jersey on the first, at the Rangers yeah. on the third. At the Islanders on the fifth. I mean, if you've got Jersey Rangers Islanders, do you guys just post up in Manhattan for yeah. the duration? It, when we're when we when we play the Islanders, we're out by the airport because um, it was a it's an easier commute. Um, well, Newark but, or no? Um, JFK Laguardia? JFK JFK. Okay. Yeah, we're by J we're right by J we're right by JFK and. Um, we uh we go from there because a little easier little easier drive so it's a little tough yeah, but i've done every rink except now that the, the new islanders one well i keep my girlish figure hold yeah. on wait a minute so you've done the kraken oh yeah that's well that's i was gonna say yeah, yeah i know but i'm just you know and, and i mean I walk and, that backwards i was gonna say that kind of the similar to uh vegas in relation to the venue in the airport yeah yeah yeah, you so, can throw a frisbee from McCarran and hit Vegas. You know. Vegas ain't a, Vegas ain't a bad walk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on if you're doing it this time of year or yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. It's just, 
Put some sunscreen. <laughs> oh, oh, always so great to talk to you, man. You too, buddy.